yet uh, it's a bad, bad, bad time. It's never a bad, bad, bad time to invest in real estate. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. We're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we get to share techniques, thoughts, tips, tactics, and some tools, and even some truths that we all need, we all deserve, you, I, everyone. So we make our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible, even financially. Mm -hmm. So we're going to consider why, if you're not, why you're not investing in real estate at this point in time? Well, that's a great question. And, it, you know, first of all, we got to define what investing in real estate is, right? Because you may be saying, well, I've never bought a rental property, but if you own the home that you're living in, you're a real estate investor. Exactly. And if you're renting a home that someone else owns, mm-hmm. you're helping a real estate investor. It's great, eh? It's a symbolic relationship. It is. And so really what we're saying here is real estate investing mm-hmm. in the, I'm going to say the normal sense, but the way most people see it, a secondary dwelling or a duplex where you live in one side and someone else lives in the other side, that feels more like a conventional investment mm-hmm. versus the house that we're living in. Right. Right. So most people have gotten over in our current culture in North America that it's difficult well, it is difficult, but that it's scary to own your own real estate that you live in because well, you need right. a roof over your head anyway. Yeah. And people like, why aren't people investing more in real estate, right? There's there's enough of it around. And I think part of it is it's scary. Like, what if I lose my money? And what if I lose everything? Because I put money into real estate that went down in value. Yeah, I leveraged too much. Or I leveraged too much or it just didn't go well for me. The values went down and now I'm in a terrible situation. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of reasons and we're actually going to explore what a lot of those reasons are that stop us from investing. Because what we do know, you can read any internet search or read about the majority of the people in the world that are wealthy, if not I wouldn't say all of their portfolio includes real estate. There's very few very wealthy individuals or wealthy individuals that don't have real estate within the context of how they made wealth. Their investment portfolio, yeah. Yeah. Wealthy people own real estate. Pretty much, (laughs) right? Pretty much across the board. So if we know that's true, what is it that stops us? Mm-hmm. And we think we know what a lot of them are because it stopped us at one point. Well, there's some sensationalization of the mm-hmm. issues, right? Yes, issues exist and issues are real. Like if you've got a tenant that stops paying, a tenant that's damaging your property, you know, tenants that call you in the middle of the night for stupid little things, um, whatever it is, those things can be annoying and they can be a setback and they can be a speed bump. And yet they get sensationalized, they get talked about mm-hmm. because when people are in trouble or they, they, they go, oh, I tried that, I don't want to ever do that again, right? 
But do we hear about the people that own two, three, four, five properties and things are going tickety-boo and they're building wealth? Do they go out and talk about their, their investment portfolio? Tends not to be. We've had a lot of our clients over the years, we've said, you want to come on Life's Inside Track and talk about how amazing your investment journey's been. And we've had a few on. There's some great episodes to go back and listen to, if you haven't, that talk about those success stories. We have a few courageous clients, mm-hmm. and I'm going to call them courageous because they're sharing with others how they did it which may give a clue as to how you can do it. So success leaves clues. Failure leaves clues too. It does. And so the challenge becomes that many people that have done well with real estate want to keep it discreet, want to keep it a secret because it feels a lot of different reasons I've been told, but I don't think it's anybody's business that know what I'm doing with real estate investing, how well it's Mm -hmm. gone, so that the sensationalizing of how great real estate is doesn't tend to happen to the same degree that the setbacks do. Right. And you know, this is a great moment to ask our community. You're part of our community as you're a listener on CHR or you're watching this on YouTube. And we just want to invite you that if you've got questions no, what question do you have? Yeah. Because everybody has a burning question. Yeah. And it's got, sitting there. And we got burning answers that we want to give. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're burning answer, actually. <laughs> Let's not get out of control. If you ha- when, as you have a question, rather than leaving it unanswered, rather than letting the skepticism grow, because it's for real that there's a lot of skepticism in real estate investing, because we don't know Mm -hmm. all the answers. No one knows all the answers. Nobody can see the future. What we can see is the history and some predictor Mm -hmm. of what the future will bring. But we don't focus on that when we're feeling out of control. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Absolutely. Why else don't we invest? Um, well, we may not know where our down payment's going to come from, right? right. Like we, we don't have the knowledge or we don't think we qualify. Or we don't know that multi-units, you know, over like five, six, eight, that they qualify on their own. We just have to have the down payment. And some people don't realize that they could do it with others. They don't have to buy a multi-unit by themselves. You can open a corporation, have three or four people throw in some money for the down payment and for carrying costs and, you know, ongoing maintenance until it builds up its own. And away you go. Right. And the other reason we might not invest is we think we may not understand the three different ways that real estate actually uh, improves our financial situation. Like it's yeah. not just one rate of return. There's three rates of return. And if we don't understand those and we fixate on one of them, that would stop me. Like early on in our, before we started investing, we didn't recognize there was three different ways. Even wise financial people, like profs that were teaching our son, you know, many years ago, mm. They said, well, real estate doesn't do that well because it only increases 4% a year. You should go in the stock market. That's going to increase 6 or 8 And he was nearsighted, not seeing the three benefits and the tax advantages of real estate. So you might be saying, oh, maybe I'd like that. And the other reason people don't do it is they don't know all their options. 
They yeah. don't know what options are available. And it's not, as I'm going to say, I say this every time. I think I say it every time. It's not one size fits all. It requires a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Requires exploration and, and an awareness for you to figure out what is it that's stopping you. Maybe the reasons we've cited aren't your reasons. I just created a Another word. one? I, okay. No, I didn't create the other thing. I created a word to describe it. Spousal diversity. Absolutely. <laughs> Where one partner thinks it's a fantastic idea mm-hmm. and another partner thinks it's a horrific idea because we all have different propensities and we all have different understanding. We all have heard different stories. And so we have a different perspective and it can create a lot of conflict. Mm-hmm. Wow. We got problems. We don't have problems. Okay. You and I understand investing. We're on the same page. We are. <laughs> so maybe you know all the reasons mm. why you not, and you don't know all the reasons why mm. it might be a great idea. So if you want to know the three ways that real estate makes money and builds wealth, mm. send us an email at together at deckerteam.com. Because we're honored to be positioning you to build wealth wisely because it's about much, much more than just the money. Yetta, you know what I love about real estate investing is it's just so simple. Well, simple for you. We are honored to have created for you over 603 Life's Inside Track episodes and you can get access to them while they're free, right? Yeah. And you can get access to them Anywhere you want, they're insider tips, making house home, and really how to get the most out of your life. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, Decker Team, you'll want to do that because then you get these episodes immediately as they air, Mm -hmm. not only on the radio, but also video. So we're going to explore how investment property values are determined because real estate, as we've been exploring in segment A, is scary. For a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? Even though we know the wealthy own real estate, mm-hmm. we still have skepticism, anxiety. We hear the stories. It's sensationalized. And we think it's a terrible idea. Yeah. And, and we don't understand it. Exactly. And it's very important to understand how different types of real estate is valued, right? How the value is determined. Right. And so if we have like a single family home, a town home, a condo that's being rented out and your tenant leaves and now it's vacant, now we can create an evaluation as to what other properties like that sold for that other buyers were interested in buying for their home use. So it kind of takes it out of the investment category, puts it back into the end user category. So it's evaluated that way. Right. So that's whether it is currently rented or not currently rented unless they're in a long-term lease. Well, now, now it could have a net. See, there is some confusion, right? We're starting down a path. Are you confused? I'm not confused. I'm not confused either. And I suspect it might start to sound confusing to you. And we have a client right now that called me and they have a, you know, a, a, a bungalow and there there's a tenant in it currently and they're saying well we now want to sell it we we want to get out of the investment and change our lifestyle a little bit and so they're saying well where's the best way and i said well if the tenant is out you'll actually in this particular case make more money so i checked the value both ways what would an investor pay for it 
assuming the existing tenant and what would an end user, and in this case, it was a couple hundred thousand difference. So now the goal is, okay, how do I request my tenant to find another location, right? And then that creates complexities as well. If, if you sell it and the buyer and the tenant's in there, but the buyer wants to occupy it, that creates a whole nother kettle of fish. And we can right. discuss that in person so, if that's your case. So now we're just throwing even more problems at it. And I thought you just finished saying real estate investing is always simple. It is simple. It's simple to understand the value. If you have the knowledge and you have a great guide sitting beside you, it's simple and it may not always like the answer, but it's simple. Okay. And so we need to look at value of a single family home that is vacant and or owner occupied based on what other people have sold similar types of properties for yeah, relevant market, right? Relevant market data, right? Right. What's the relevant properties that sort of show the value? We're not really looking at income. So the reason you said in this particular case, there was two different values on it is because in fact, it was rented. Yep. And now the rental amounts become the predictor of value. Yep. Unless that tenant's going to leave. Now, when you get into a duplex, triplex, fourplex, you're into really what does the property make? The income mm-hmm. is a, is deciding value as well as condition. Condition always has a factor in location. Always. And then on top of that is what income is it making? Now, what's interesting is sometimes you can take a, let's say, a, a duplex or a triplex that as an investment is worth X amount of money, but now you have two, like a multi-generational family or two families that want to buy that duplex and one live in each side and share the ownership. Well, that may be a great value for them because they may buy that at a lower price because investors need to look at, well, what's it rented for or what's its rental income potential and decide what the carrying costs are and what, what value it's worth paying for it or not. So that's a great alternative for multi-generational or people that are saying, hey, let's go and buy a house together because we can't afford one by ourselves, but we can go buy a duplex and we can each live on one side. So again, if you're thinking I need some answers, I got questions, Yetta <laughs> and Ken, I have so many questions. All you guys are doing these days is inspiring questions and it's time to get answers. So if it's time to get your answers, reach out to us. You know how to get us either together at DeckerTeam.com. You can always give us a phone call at 613-860-4663. And we would love to get back to you in your specific situation rather than a general answer. So we're attempting to be as specific as we can on these Life's Inside Track episodes. And yet there are some general things that don't take into consideration people's individual scenarios. Yeah. And we just can't give 30 years or 35 years, 30 years for me, 35 years for you of real estate knowledge in a 30 minute radio show. Or even if we've done seven, like <laughs> probably over 700 we of still them can't now, give it all. still can't give it all away, right? Yeah. So then there's this nasty thing called a cap rate. And people go, well, how do I calculate a cap rate? Even some realtors are confused around cap rates and what they really mean. And whether a high cap rate means, 
you know, does that mean you get a higher price for your building? Actually, it means you get a lower price for the building. A low cap rate means you're getting a higher price for your building. And I'm not going to get into the exact how that's calculated, but know that it's called a capitalization rate. And what you're doing there is you're looking at, well, if I paid cash for the building, what rate of income would I be making? And then compare that to what could I make in the bank or what could I make in another investment? So if I can make 5%, say, in a GIC, why would I go and buy a, an investment property where I'm only making 4% on cash, right? I better just put it in the bank. There's no hassles, there's no, but we do lose the three ways that we make money in real estate. So that's a whole other story. Like I said, I, didn't, I never said it wasn't complex. I said it's simple, which is, I don't know, is that, is that kind of weird to say? That, that is kind of weird. What I think Ken is attempting to say is once you understand the intricacies and you understand your situation and you understand how real estate works, once you get it, it actually is simple to understand. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean there aren't complexities within it. Like often... Yeah. I used to think that when I didn't really know something very well, it looks pretty simple on the outside. And then I get into the nitty gritty of it and the minutia of it. And now it looks really, really complex. Yeah. And yet it really starts to flow when I can take those complexities and re now they're simple, but they're simple with knowledge mm -hmm. rather than ignorance. Yeah. And it makes it look easy when you mm -hmm. have all the pieces. Now cap rate, let's go back there for a second, because I said that your cap rate is, is based on the income, right? But there are other things that affect cap rate, which makes it a little more difficult, like the condition of the property. How new is it? So you're going to get a lower cap rate for a newer property and a higher cap rate for a older one that needs more work. And we can get into all that if you connect with us. Now, Albert Einstein, he said, genius is making complex ideas simple, not making simple ideas complex. Mm -hmm. And together, we're clarifying your options. So when your options are clear, your wisdom will flow. Yet I think all the real estate investment properties are overpriced. Maybe. We are thrilled that we've been able to, for over 30 years, come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing in real estate over 3,117 times, coming alongside you to build your fund, build your faith, build your finances, build your fitness, and even strengthen, heal, and flourish inside relationship. In what we're going to discover this time is why currently many real estate investment properties mm -hmm. are in fact overpriced and what do we need to do to alleviate that challenge well first of all you can i mean what are you going to do you can find properties that aren't overpriced or you can negotiate on properties that are overpriced you're giving the answer away like that fast just, just that simple that simple okay we can stop now no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, let's figure out why are the expectations of sellers of investment properties a little bit out to lunch right now for most of them? And the reason being is many of them bought them years ago. Mm -hmm. They have a small mortgage on them. They might have that small mortgage at a low interest rate. And they're not taking into consideration that the next buyer 
has to get a big mortgage because the price of the property is a lot bigger. And that bigger mortgage is now at a higher interest rate, you know, on a triplex or fourplex, maybe around 6%. So now that property doesn't cash flow at the current list price. So you're seeing some investment properties sit around because remember that cap rate? They're trying to get the capitalization rate. Yeah, they're trying to get too small of a cap rate based on where the interest rate is. So that number has to go up. When the cap rate goes up, it's a multiplier of the income or divider or whatever way you want to look at it, which affects the price, brings down the price. And one of the big issues is as you do that, the price drops significantly with investment properties. So a lot of sellers just aren't willing to make that level of adjustment. But many are. So we got to find those. Right. So one cool thing right now is there is a property that we think we'd be remiss in not sharing with you. Now, maybe it'll be selling in the very moment. And by the time you hear this episode or this segment, it'll already be gone. And in Greeley, there's a right now in this moment, Mm -hmm. if it's not this one, we can find a different one. But this one looks like great value. Yeah. Right. At triplex in Greeley. So you're getting income from three different homes within the one property. There's excess land. So you've got Mm -hmm. some options as to what you can do with it down the road. And at current interest rates with 20% down, this thing is cash flowing right around $500 a month. That's pretty cool. Which is pretty incredible. That doesn't happen very often. Especially within the city of Ottawa. Now, one of the reasons it is, because the the cap rate is a little higher because it's it's a century home. It's like 1800s or whatever. Is that a century home now? I don't know. It's almost two centuries home. Well, not quite. (laughs) But it's about 1800s, right? Late 1800s, that property was built. So it's a little quirky, a little bit this or that, but it's nicely renovated inside. It's fully tenanted with long-term tenants, and it's ready to go. For like under 700000 Right, which is incredible. So if you're thinking, hey, I wanted to talk about specific properties, not just general conversation, this is one of those few times where we're giving you the specific details, hoping it's still there by the time you pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. When you pick up the phone because you're part of the community, whether it's about this property or it's about the question that you have around real estate investing. We've been exploring cap rates and understanding them. We've been exploring the issues associated with real estate and why so many people are afraid of it and skeptical Mm -hmm. about it. And yet the wealthy tend to own real estate. Mm -hmm. Call us, right? Like, isn't that the thing? Yeah, call us 613-860-4663. And we'll walk you through this process mm. and decide, you decide whether investing in real estate is right for you or not. And we're and, cool either way. Right. And whether it's the right time now or whether it's a time to strategize to do it down the road. Because sometimes we want to do it and it's not the right time. I would rather buy now when there's fewer people. For instance, we recently got a property, a great property, phenomenal. great value. Can we not say phenomenal? Yeah, phenomenal. They're, they're going to do very, very, very well out of this property. And it sat for a few days. And the beauty was we were able to snag it because people are going, oh, the market's slower. I don't have to move quick. So we moved quick and we beat a bunch of people to it. Now we had weeks and weeks to do our due diligence, to get our financing in place. 
And they kept saying, well, somebody else is interested. Yeah, well, they're interested, but they weren't at the table right at the beginning. And so we we got a phenomenal property for our and, client. And our clients are thrilled, right? Mm -hmm. And this is another scenario where it's multiple clients working together to buy one property. So I think that's the other piece that sometimes we get stuck. And I know we did in our early days, we got stuck on the thought that we had to be able to do it on our own. Now, of course, you want to make sure you have aligned values and you want to make sure you understand the motivation. You want to understand why the other person wants to build wealth through real estate and make sure that there is alignment with you. So mm -hmm. we're not saying haphazardly to go get any partners. We've seen that not work out so good too. Yep. And yet if you do your due diligence, not only with the property, but with the partner, there are things that you can do in combination right. that you can't do singly. On your own. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's aligned values, and it's also aligned goals because yeah. if one has a goal of uh, let's let's increase the value and then sell it and take the money, and the other has the the, the idea of well, no, let's let's refinance it, take that money and go buy another one. Or third option is one says, no, we're just going to keep it long term and pay it down, and then it's gonna we're going to own it outright, and it's just going to cash flow for my retirement. Well, those are three totally different goals with owning the same property. And so we gotta make sure that partners' goals align, yeah, right? And their ethics and their desire. And even things like, how well are we gonna keep it maintained? If a unit comes open, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna renovate it and rent it for more? Are we gonna not invest any more money? We're gonna keep it at the same and try and rent it for a little more, but not renovate? Like all those things, you gotta be aligned at the beginning now, things can change and financial situations can change or whatever, but you can work those out if you start aligned. It's so much easier. Right. So why else are real estate properties investment mm -hmm. often overpriced and what are we to do about it? Well, it's expectations of the seller, really. And so there's several ways to combat that. One is to offer lower prices. Another is to go find a property that is at the right price to start with, which is what we did on that last one we were just talking about. And another way is to seek the seller. If the seller wants the money, great, we'll give you a higher price, but that higher price justifies a lower interest rate. And the only way I can get a lower interest rate is if you loan me the money to buy it. Right. So sometimes the seller will go, okay, I'll take a higher price and I will delay getting my money and I'll I'll loan you the you know a chunk of it at a lower interest rate because I'm okay. I got my price. I got some income coming in at a lower interest rate, and the seller's happy. The other advantage to the seller is when you sell a property, there's capital gains. Capital gains is the money that went from what you paid for it to where you sold it for. Well, if you take back a mortgage, you didn't get all your money in that year, so you don't have to pay capital gains on all of it. So it gets intricate, but it's excellent. So if you've been thinking about it, take a small action step towards your investing goals. We're grateful that you joined us on Life's Inside Track, because when we move forward together, together, we've got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.